the last of the Stockman Square, though, as they say in detective novels, probably not the last we've seen of the Riddler. By the way, sir, who's the young lady? Her name's Dominique. She's almost home. Mother, father, I know you won't mind her being here. The demon, I think, is gone. But for the last two days, its words have been running through my head. It waited for a man to set a trail of riddles and for a bat to follow them. It gave birth to that bat so that he might free it. Gave birth. Gotham shaped me, and that it was on Gotham streets that you were killed. But was it the city or the demon? Accident or design? Environment? Biology? Demons? I shake my head, breathe deeply, try to forget it. You're born, and your history, your time, your place, is a mold into which you're thrown. Does it make any difference? If a few demons are behind it also, my parents are still just as dead. Gotham is still Gotham. I am still, still whatever I am. The baby Michael is still alive, pulling through. I'll visit him tomorrow. I'll look down at him as my parents must once have looked down at me. I might even make a funny face. As I head back to the house, I see a bat fly across a sliver of yellow moon. A bat driven by dark and primitive instinct through the night. I follow. Batman DC Comics issue 454, September 1990. Peter Milligan. And you're listening to Heroes Home Base podcast episode 47. <laughs> What is going on, everybody? This is Rich. This is Mark. This is Rob. Fellas, how we doing? Great. How about you guys? I'm loving the background. Loving the background. I know. Isn't it sweet? I'm noticing a particular Fantastic Four there. I could add some cool shit like this. <laughs> well, Rich, That's you're just gonna cool. have to. You're just gonna have to put us on YouTube. Agreed. I- I could put us on on uh, probably do Facebook Live right now if we wanted to, but I didn't set up the uh, studio to do that. Well, you know, future endeavors, future endeavors. This is like a the next phase of our podcast here. Yeah, I, I love. It. I I think what I'm gonna do though is I'm gonna take the background and uh, dim it out a little bit, like maybe twenty five percent. So yeah, that'll look good. We kind of pop a little bit, but I can. I you have to move, tell the you have to tell the listeners what we're talking. I about can here. move us. I can move us around here. Uh, we have gone away from doing Zoom and we're doing Streamyard, which is more centered towards live streaming, and uh, we can do more video hopefully in the future. So, yeah, that's what's new with Hero Home Base Podcast. Well, and Rich has you know used his artistic talents and has laid a background of several iconic covers. I see a. Bone number one, which is autographed, and uh, a Fantastic Four Heroes Reborn number one, which was obviously we've talked about that. We've got some Damned in there, some Kingdom Come, some Hush, some Jim Lee Superman. I see a Crisis title there. Yep. It's been a great news week. So many great articles and stories and things to go over. So we have lots to discuss in one of our new segments called Mark's Long Box. Ooh. Nice. Well, coming off of the First week back from vacation, I was uh, quite excited to get reconnected with some comic books on vacation. So that was uh, rejuvenating. So I think I've got some things to contribute. So I'm I'm excited. So 
we've got Mark's long box. We got Rich's poll. And now what is your segment going to be, Rob? Uh, my new segment is going to be home base assessment. Oh, Mark boy. Was, Mark was uh, uh, saying it sounds too clinical. So I think that's a good title. That's what we're going for. Um, no, I think uh, <laughs> uh, I've mentioned on the show a couple times. Um, Who's Arkham... honking their f-ing horn? <laughs> Can you guys really hear that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's... Mark's, Mark's taxi cab out back. Well, it's, uh, it's, what's you get for living in Brooklyn? <laughs> I don't know if it's Brooklyn or just anywhere in New York. Oh, sorry, Rob. Go ahead, man. No, it's okay. Um, so Rich and I have been putting our heads together. Uh, I've been trying to come up with, um, trying to keep it fresh, trying to contribute in a more, uh, just in a different way. Um, and uh, kind of drawing some inspiration from uh, Arkham Sessions, which is uh, Dr. Drea Letamendi and Brian Ward. They've been doing their show since 2014, I believe. I could be off by that, but they're still going pretty strong. They've started uh, their show like um, looking at the pathology of every episode of Batman the Animated Series. They've certainly branched out beyond that since they're past all those episodes. Um, but I've, I thought kind of merging uh, my professional job as a licensed clinical counselor and then my love for comic books. So, yeah, I'll share more about it when we get to my segment. So I'm looking forward to it. Nice. I guess let's uh, let's catch up. Uh, what you've been up to, Mark and Rob, and then uh, I got a little bit to talk about. Mark, what's up? <laughs> well, things are going well with me. Can't complain. Work is going great. I'm just um, trying to get back into working out. I, but I don't know you, how that's going to go. I you, dude. Man. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to go with, you know, all these, you know, with the Delta variant and things starting to spike back up, you know? So I don't know. But I've just been watching what I eat and drinking about a gallon of water a day um, and just... I'm thinking about getting into working out again, but I'll be 37 next month. But it's just, um, it's hard when you have two jobs and living in a city that's physically demanding. You just want to rest on your off days, that kind of thing. But that's all that's going on with me personally. Rob, what's up with you, dude? Um, I am just trying to manage the family of five. Um, <laughs> um, my kids have not been sleeping well since coming back from vacation. So that's been quite stressful, more so for Becky than me. But um, there's just not a lot of time for and her and I just love sitting on a couch and reading books or watching shows and stuff. And we just haven't been able to do that um, over the last you know week or so. So trying to manage that went back to work, um, normal work stress. Um, not much has changed there. But um, yeah, I the, on the on the positive note, um, the weather has been great this past weekend and got to grill out and make some beer butt chicken tonight. And we've been outside a lot this weekend. So I'm trying to appreciate those small moments too, those recharging moments. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. What Rob said, we, uh, his family and my family, we ventured down to the great state of Kentucky last week and, uh, had vacation, did a lot of, a lot of stuff, man. Our itinerary was full. And, uh, I think we tried to maximize our time as, as much as possible and got to see a lot of really cool stuff. So, uh, I don't want to say it was necessarily relaxing, but the company was, uh, the company was relaxing and it was nice to be around family. And, uh, yeah. So obviously this week the grind started back up, but, um, to kind of, to, uh, go backwards here when we were in Kentucky, that's when San Diego Comic-Con was. So again, they were virtual this year and it was Comic-Con at home. And I did another 
uh, live web hosting of Jeff Smith's uh, Comic-Con at home. It went really well Thursday and Friday from Kentucky and went really well when we got home Saturday. Um, it was a little bit different this year, whereas uh, last year it was just no holds barred. He was signing and selling everything that they had in their warehouse, but this year it was limited to his new self-published book, Tukey, that uh, the Kickstarter campaign just ended. I think I talked about it on the last show or two shows ago. So uh, it was really relaxed. Uh, we had about, I think the most orders that he signed for were, was the last day. I think we had like 10 or 12 and uh, we got to dig in and have some really, really cool conversations with um, people on Facebook. And I, uh, utilize this platform and uh, it went really, really smooth and I enjoyed it. So yeah, if any of you guys missed that, it was really cool because Jeff was literally inking comic book pages on the live show to keep people entertained. So you got to see the master of his craft inking while we were doing the show. So that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, check was out he Jeff painting or using a pen. Uh, he, he does. Uh, he uses a brush and ink and he gotcha. That's he what just, I thought I saw. That's what his craft has been since he started. And uh, he did reference a couple times where everybody's all digital using Cintiq tablets and stuff. And he's just like, it's just not for me. I'm too far gone <laughs> or I'm too old <laughs> to, to try something new. But uh, it was definitely cool. You can see all three of those live shows on Jeff Smith's uh, Facebook page and I uh, highly recommend it. It was really cool. And he got to see me stumble around and not read comments correctly. So that was for some good laughs. Yeah, portions, I believe. <laughs> rather than patrons. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Honest mistake, except you repeated yourself. I was, right trying, I was trying to... I think what I thought the guy said was he liked to draw portions of Jeff's book, but he wanted to draw patrons to Jeff's book. And it just fumbled around in my head and i just did not hey you know what i'm glad you made a mistake it made for good humor and it was a good time yes so yeah um, people started writing in specifically saying patron to see you yeah. messed it up. <laughs> so i'm anxiously waiting to get my kickstarter package in the mail to read jeff's book tukey so yeah that was me okay so another thing the last day of comic-con at home I was doing the live show talking to Tom Gott, who was on our show uh, last year. And we found out that the laughing ogre won the Will Eisner retail spirit award. Am spirit I saying that correctly? Spirit of retail. I think spirit of retail. So we got a real special treat. We got give back on the show for, I think what the third time, I think at least it's just uh, a real quick, we're going to get him on and talk to him about, this really, really awesome award that the ogre definitely deserves. So here we are with Mr. Gib Bickle of the Laughing Ogre. All right, so we got the one and only Gib Bickle back <laughs> on the show, and uh, really wanted to uh, talk about the award that the Laughing Ogre just got. I just read the Columbus Dispatch article, and uh, I kind of just want to go through what all entails getting it, and then uh, it sounds like you guys were pretty close a few times, and. Uh, what it means for you in the future, I guess. Well, I mean, as far as the future, it doesn't mean a whole lot. <laughs> we're we're not 
I mean, no, we're not going to change the way we do anything. We'll get some press and some people might be more aware of the store, but it doesn't mean much for the future. So you're not going to get like a trophy? Yeah, we'll probably get a trophy. Some window stickers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about stickers, but, you know, it's it's one of those things. We we were eligible in 97 and we barely missed and um, like one point, Ugh. 24 out of 25 and they told us that uh, we made our own shelves, and so we didn't get full points for display. The only thing was, you guys remember those old shelves. They I miss those shelves. Yes. They were perfect yes. for comics. They don't make them that good. They It was like, well, no one sells these. These were made specifically to hold comic books full face to be able to sell them based on the covers. And it's like, yeah, but everybody else is using slat wall and stuff. And it's like, well, they, okay. So you got dinged for not being cookie cutter. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like I said, because we wanted shelves exactly like this. They didn't sell them. We had them made. And, it, you know, it wasn't like they were, you know, made out of cardboard or anything. They were nice looking shelves and they were perfect for what we were trying to do. Sell comic books. Man, it was like the green ogre cave shelves, man. I miss those things. Yeah, <laughs> I remember I those. Too. <laughs> So it is, what is the official title of this? The, I'm going to butcher Will, it. Will Eisner Spirit of Retail Award. Spirit of Retail Award. One of the cool things like in 97 when we were flying back. So we had just missed it. And the wife and I, Cindy and I are sitting in the airport and we're talking to these kids beside us. There's a, there's a seat beside us. And then these, there's these two young guys. Then there's another seat and this um, lady sits down between us and um, so there's no place for her husband to sit. He's still up at the up at the uh, counter. And I ask him, hey, guys, would you scoot down so that the, her husband can sit here when she when he comes over? And, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's no problem. So so basically I got him, gave my seat to her and then we scooted down. So when he sat down, it was Will Eisner. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. I think um, Will before he got a chance to sit down and we started talking and he told me, you know, I'm like, hey, Will, we just almost won your award. We got we're second place. But in talking to him, he was telling me how important this award was to him because he's like, you know, we're artists, we're writers, you know, we're publishers and we put all that stuff out there. But without the retailer, the comic retailer, no one would see it. He's yeah. like, you guys are as important as any part of the chain. And, you know, this this particular award is really important to me. And that's one of the reasons why it's so important to me, because I really wanted to win that after talking to Will. And he told me how important it was to him. That's awesome, awesome. dude. <laughs> oh, man. Shit. So I remember watching the video. So did you guys just do that or was that is that part of putting your the name process. in the hat now? That. That's probably the most important part of your application. You've got these, and probably this year, they didn't even gather. Most of the time, the judges gather. But because of the pandemic, they probably didn't. So they're not, they don't have a chance to go to every store. So you give, you get five minutes to show them what you're about. Show them your store and tell them not just about, you know, like what you look like inside, but how you go about spreading comics. Yeah. Okay. The um the five things they judge you on are support of a variety of innovative material. I'm reading these because I don't remember exactly what they say. <laughs> Knowledge, good. community activity, quality of image. Uh, you have to be at least two established for two years. And then how did you do with COVID precautions? 
which is obviously a new addition. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's like, you know, how do you display the product, but also what do you carry and how do you how do you let the committee know it's out there? Gotcha. Now, did you guys get to see your actual scores when you won it or is it still just anonymous? Yeah, they just they just announced who who won the in 97. We were actually out in San Diego and we talked to judges and that's when people told us, oh, you're so close. You got to keep you got to keep applying. You got to keep applying. Well, that was 97, so it took us a little bit. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. Well, dude, congratulations. I can't be more thrilled for you, dude. Like, Thank you. Long time coming. And uh, I got the news when I was doing Jeff's uh, live stream for San Diego Comic-Con at home, and me and Tom were talking. I was just like, holy shit, finally. <laughs> we we probably we, uh, we blasted it out there. I don't know if you saw it, but congratulations, buddy. I appreciate it, guys. And I know, congratulations to your crew. Uh, I'd like to give you all the credit, but uh, you know your crew is vital to your uh, to the success of your business, and that is just awesome. I'd love to. You, you guys should just get hats and shirts and pins made for sure. <laughs> you know, the thing is, it's it's not just like me and the crew. It's also all the guys that put out the comics, but it's also you guys too. Because if you guys were coming in here and shopping, then there'd be no money for us to to be open there be no transactions that makes us happy you know i mean we really do feed off the off the customer because the the, you know people coming in make it worthwhile yeah i will say i last visited the store last sunday with my gentleman and (laughs) (laughs) it was kind of just embodying the award you just won like i felt such at ease that they were free to to look around run around in some instances but it just it felt like at home and i i had some flashbacks of you know our dad coming in with us when what middle school um so much older than my kids are right now but i just i was like you know this is kind of the home comic book shop and i just wanted to convey that i really appreciate you accepting my kids making some noise and being funny and being themselves in in the shop well i mean that's why that all ages section is right out there inside the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. get away yeah, from the facts they're the most important part of the audience we have correct because all of us were indoctrinated early into how to read comics and that's one of the reasons why we love them so much mm-hmm. absolutely um well to uh do you guys want to ask him anything else? I was going to ask him, like, coming out of the pandemic, looks like we could have some stuff coming in the future. Uh, I guess a real quick, how's the state of business? Business this year has been really, really strong. We're up double digits over 2019. Nice. Nice. Yeah. it's. I mean, last year we were down about 20%, which is about the percentage of the year that we were closed. So I thought that yeah. was pretty strong for last year. And this year we're up substantially. It's like everybody's coming out of the pandemic and they, they re- either they established that they like to read comics <laughs> or that they remembered how cool comics were after being penned up for a year. Yeah. But yeah. it's been great. Good. Good. All right. Well, we'll let you get back to putting your diamond order in for a third time and uh, I'll get you <laughs> some, uh, I'll get you some uh, Mountain Dew Zero coming your way here soon. How's that sound? <laughs> Keep me going. I'm probably about twenty to twenty five percent molecules that were once Mountain Dew. <laughs> My guy, Diamond went down a second time, and for a minute, I thought three and a half hours was shot again. I was livid. 
I was saying a lot of things that would not be fit for any podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Gib. Well, we appreciate it, dude. Thanks, guys. Thank you, sir. Congratulations. 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 Appreciate it. We'll see you. Now get out of there and go to bed. (laughs) And there you have it. The great man himself. Good Bickle working hard, still at the store, still at the store, doing his diamond order for the third time. And it's getting late, burning the midnight oil. So on a Sunday, (laughs) (laughs) that was good talking to him, man. I could we could probably talk to him for a whole episode again. But uh, love that guy. Love that store. And what an awesome award for an awesome store. They definitely Mm -hmm. deserve it. Long, long, long overdue. For sure. I wonder, since you said um, Mr. Jeff Smith was one of the judges, so I'm wondering, is it like the Academy Awards? Like, if you've won an Eisner, you get to vote? I do not know. Probably, because he won for Bone and Rassel. Rassel, yeah. So, yeah. Maybe he gets more than one vote, then. You get a vote for every every uh, Eisner award you get. <laughs> That's a good point. All know. right, Mark. So uh, I'll turn it over to you, dude. What's going on in the news? So in the news, I found this really great article that we've talked about many times on the show as far as why, you know, Marvel movies seem to be doing better than DC movies. And so there's a great article that came out a couple of days ago that says, here's why Marvel movies are so much more successful than DC, according to a DC writer. So right. in the interview, in the article, the Hollywood Reporter published an interview with screenwriter David S. Goyer. Oh my God, I know where you're going with this. And so (laughs) in the article, they took out a portion of his interview and he says, I think one of the issues that Marvel's had had consistent leadership over the last 15 years or more where DC hasn't. There have been all of these changes in terms of who's running DC. This is a fun, this is fundamentally very hard. It's hard to make any headway when leadership is changing. One of the other things that that's made Marvel incredibly successful is all of their adaptions are true to the source material. Ant-Man feels like Ant-Man. The Hulk feels like Hulk. They don't try to change things up. I would say try to hew closer to what was the original intent so it has a consistent universe Mm-hmm. having constant leadership and staying true to the source material. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, I thought that was really an idea. Obviously, you know, we don't know what kind of, you know, changes are going on in terms of management with DC, you know, but all we've ever heard over the past, you know, 15, 16 years is Kevin Foggy, Kevin Foggy, Kevin Foggy, Kevin Foggy. Yeah. So it's always just been yeah. one name. Well, you know? the other so thing, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, we won't beat this dead horse, but it's not only leadership at DC, it's leadership at Warner Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, so to, to that point, Mark, I think that's those are all valid valid critiques especially honestly the source material right like oh my gosh do we need to reinvent the universe again right well i i'm glad that you brought this up mark because i saw that article and uh i gotta find it um because i snipped this just for the show and uh i think one of the main reasons that dc has struggled is because warner brothers doesn't know what the they're doing and i know we've shit talk them multiple times on the show but this is a clear quote that just tells it all (laughs) i found this i think it was from film.com and they were just referencing the interview that you were just talking about and like i said i just feel like warner brothers is an absolute joke and they're the ones who clearly ruin it so this is what uh david s goyer said one note i got was on man of steel 
where the ending involves Superman utilizing the pod that he arrived in as a child in order to bring down General Zod's ship. The note we got from the studio said, you have to change that. We asked why. They said, because if Superman uses that pod and it's destroyed while saving the city, how is he ever going to get back home to Krypton? Excuse me. (laughs) He said there was just this long pause and we said, Krypton blew up. You saw 30 minutes of it. (laughs) Like, seriously? Well, forget that. How about the origin story of Superman. Excuse me. Like, come on. It's been out since 38. No, I'm applying for a job here. Clearly, you're not, you don't have to be qualified for shit. So I'm going to apply for a job at Warner Brothers. Right. <laughs> He's signing the paychecks. Was he, was he executive uh, anonymous? I, di- I didn't go any further and I just laughed hysterically. Well, I'm going on the website tomorrow. <laughs> under careers <laughs> and I'm going to find me a job because clearly you don't have to do shit <laughs> or no shit <laughs> or no shit to work at Warner Brothers I'm going to go to the career section at the bottom, very bottom of the page hey you're already in New Next York to, yeah. bro make it yeah. happen I'm going to go, go. Uh, alright sorry Mark go ahead continue with your news <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous <laughs> can I get a Mark Mazak quote that is really ridiculous. Mess. You're glad he found the article, aren't you? That's like saying, that's like saying, don't take Bruce Wayne to the police station. Uh, how else is he going to get back to his parents? <laughs> right. <laughs> They're dead. Hello. Mess. Oh, mess. Oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Don't get Bruce Banner angry because he might turn into the Hulk. Like, who wants to do that? (laughs) Bruce Banner is going to fight for the Avengers now. So, in other news, I also having to do with David S. Goyer. He and his production company, I believe the production company is called uh, Phantom Four. They, you know, I've been talking about Batman Unburied, the podcast, yeah. you know, because yes. I've been liking those narrative, uh, those uh, scripted podcasts. Well, they have done some castings and Winston Duke is being cast as the Dark Knight, as Bruce nice. Wayne. Nice, nice. You know, Winston Duke from, he played Umbaku from Black Panther. Okay. And Jason Isaacs is going to be the voice of Alfred. Mm-hmm. Nice. We know Jason Isaacs from Harry Potter, Peter Pan, Black Hawks Down, The Death of Stallion. So he's being he's he'll be do, doing the voice of Alfred, and Winston Duke is being is he's going to be the voice of Bruce Wayne. So I'm very excited about this. Still no date as when it's going to be out. Um, I have a question. If it's on Spotify, does that mean I can get it on iTunes? Yeah, you should. I mean, usually you should. Okay. Well, unless it's a Spotify exclusive. I think it might be uh, a Spotify, but that's not it's- necessarily true because Clickstein's Comic Con Begins was a serious serious XM serious XM exclusive or uh, published podcast, but you could get it on all platforms. So yeah, I don't know. I think some of the streaming services might do it a little bit differently, Mark. So you may have to get Spotify, but you may not. Like it may mean that it you some I know you can only listen to on Spotify, but some of them might be like it gets released on there first, so maybe there's a delay. I'm not sure. It's a good question. Well, I will just continue to check it out because I'm very excited because I love, you know, the Marvels and all these other ones. I'm very excited about that one. 
Um, also um, filming for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania that has started filming. Nice. So I'm very excited about seeing that because apparently Kang is going to be in that. And I watched Loki. Did you guys watch Loki? <sighs> Sorry, Mark. I haven't watched a single episode of that yet. Likewise. So I watched it to the end. I, I mean, it set up what it's going to do for the multiverse. So it set that whole thing up and I got that. But I just I just kind of had it on for noise. Mm-hmm. Really? I didn't really like it. I didn't really like it. I just had it on, but I just was watching it because I was looking for some things for it to tell me. It was good. It was good. It was good, but it wasn't my favorite of the DC. It wasn't WandaVision? No, and it wasn't Captain America and Winter Soldier. I saw Black Widow and loved it. I liked it a lot. Did you guys see it? Nope. They did an excellent, excellent job with Taskmaster. I mean, it it looked like they took him straight from the comic books. Nice. I mean, the color scheming of his costume... His everything was, or her every, well, you'll see it. The, <laughs> the Taskmaster everything was awesome. He They did a great job with that character. So I'm really excited about, hopefully we'll see him, we'll see that character again. I really want to see that character again because they did such a great, 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 great job. Um, I saw, let's see, I'm not seeing Suicide Squad 2 because that just looks like a circus. So really? No, I will not be seeing it. I saw the first one, Whack, and I will not be seeing the second one. So you're going to not see DC's version of Guardians of the Galaxy? Nope. (laughs) I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. Well, I think that was the movie that we were seeing at the exact same time in two different states. It was, yes. It was. Well, you'll be going alone because I won't be seeing it at all. (laughs) There won't be any more coincidences (laughs) like that. (laughs) Um, and also I think Michael B. Jordan is in talks to be developing a black Superman story. Did you see that? Uh, that rumor has been floating around forever and that's probably going to be the Abrams and Tanahashi Coates movie that we referenced a few episodes back and I got a giant rant going. Um, yeah, if they're going to do a Calvin Ellis or a Val Zod story, uh, yeah, I'll definitely go see it, but if they're just going to race swap Clark Kent and make him black and just pander, then no, I'm not going to see that shit. So, yeah, just like you not seeing Suicide Squad, I'm not going to see that shit. So <laughs> I just don't want to support when DC has really cool African-American characters that they could put on the silver screen and bring them to life, but we're just going to be lazy and race swap Clark Kent. No. No, I'm not going to see that trash. <laughs> well, J.K. Simmons will be playing Commissioner Gordon in Batgirl, the Batgirl movie that's going to be on HBO Max. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So I really hope this is going to be like a true Barbara Gordon Batgirl story, not some new 52, $3 little 16-year-old little girl. I don't want to see that. I really hope it's some straight origin Barbara Gordon story. That's what I'm talking about. That's what he I'm wants. Saying. The librarian with the secret passageway and everything. Yep. So did you guys see the Titans, the newest Titans preview where Barbara uh, showed it to me on vacation? Yeah, I did see that. She that doesn't look. <laughs> Kim's like, she's not even have f-ing red hair, but it does, does appear that she is in the wheelchair though. I couldn't quite tell if she was or not, but I'm not really feeling the casting as of right now, but I'll give it a shot because I like that. I think you said that about Titans up front a lot. I need I need some red hair, though. Well, yeah, man. When Titans hadn't even started yet, Mark and I were like, what the f*** is with Firestorm's costume? She looks like a stripper. Starfire. 
Starfire. Thank you. Sorry. I like Titans. I like Titans. I, I like the casting. You know, I like I like what they did. I, Starfire grew on me. It yes, did grow on sure. me. It did grow on me. I think the casting is great, but I got to see what they do with this Barbara Gordon because I'm very sensitive in particular about my Barbara Gordons. But I'll check it out. I, you know, she's in a wheelchair. All right, that's fine. But I mean, she needs to be. I need some glasses. I need some oracleness. I need some, you know. Well, she's the police commissioner. She's right. the police commissioner. So, but I, I hope I see some. I hope I see some flashbacks. But right. the woman who's playing her, the woman who's playing her, I think she's paralyzed in real life. Okay. Well, then, cool. I'm down. Well, with I that. need a stunt double doing some <laughs> flashbacks in a suit. No, I man. do is like that, that they're kind of. Is that very insensitive of me? No, it's. <laughs> <laughs> disabled people need work too, Mark. Jesus. Okay, but I'm saying, like, I know she's disabled, but I need a, 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 an abled person <laughs> to do some stunts so I can see a Batgirl in her costume. Well, we're going to get some hate mail on this episode. Let me tell you what. Jesus. <laughs> This is in the realm of dust repellent paper. It's got to yep. be. Mark doesn't give a shit if you can't walk. You better hop out of that chair and do some motherfucking background yep. shit. And Oracle, she had these. She had these escrima sticks. I think Nightwing uses those. Yeah. So I've yeah. seen her fight in her wheelchair. So give me some of that. Right. Well, and I like where they're going with the. Um, death in the family storyline they're doing the red hood thing and i think that that's going to be cool whether i think the guy who plays um da- uh, not damien because he should he should be playing damien because he's so young but the the kid who's playing jason todd he's like really young to be red hood but i don't know i'll give it a shot the show always surprises me so we'll see where it goes um hawkeye the next Disney Plus show, one of the Disney Plus shows, is coming out. It has a release date on November 24th. Okay. What's so it called? Just Hawkeye? Hawkeye or... yep. Okay. Um, so that, that I'm looking forward to that. That'll be out Thanksgiving weekend, so that'll be nice to have something to watch. And also, the big, big, big news, Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney. I saw that. What's what? Because apparently in her contract, it was exclusive, supposed to be an exclusive theatrical release. And then Disney... Release it theatrically and on Disney Plus. So I mean that that kind of took her away from getting some box office bonuses. Okay, so, so she's she's done. <laughs> well, that was her, that was her last and final appearance as Black Widow, anyway. And I was thinking, boy, if that was me, and it was at the beginning of my career with Disney, would I still sue, or would I just keep my mouth shut and kind of take it and kind of like you know? So you're wondering if the fact that this is her last contract movie, if that had any motivation if that was if she felt even more secure like okay well i'm not i'm done I'm well if that's if the facts are the facts then she's got a case to sue for him if it's in her contract but yeah well, i'm sure they'll the first movie they'd recast her in a minute i'm sure they'll fight back and be like oh well the pandemic there's a sub 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 section clause there's a section clause here that says we can do whatever we want void all contract whatever good luck think, going against the mighty mouse uh, that's think, all i'm gonna I think say disney has some good lawyers <laughs> and your career is over <laughs> playing sure. black I mean, widow who knows i mean who i mean i don't know i mean i feel like she kind of has a good case you know what i'm saying if that's really because i don't think she's going to be going i don't think that she would just do this just to be doing it for you know what i'm saying i think she probably has a solid case yeah yeah when did they when did they put that into production do you know what do you mean when did it start shooting 
the movie? I don't know. I don't know. I wonder what her co-stars is thinking, like Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans and RDJ. I wonder what they're all thinking. We got our money. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. I, I don't know if Google's broken, but it says um, Lionsgate Films began development of Black Widow film in April 2004. That's when they were talking about it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that sounds like a bunch of garbage. Okay. Uh, speaking of old, old, I, I managed to uh, watch the Dark Knight Returns Part 1 on HBO uh, the last couple of weeks. Managed to finally finish that. The animated movie? Yeah, I don't know how I feel about RoboCop voicing Batman, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is. I think that I'd came buy out like, that for a dollar. <laughs> I think that came out in like 2012 or something, but uh, it wasn't bad. It was I good. thought it was, a, it was... Those two animated movies were very, very close to the source material. Oh, speaking of old, I saw the movie Old by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, how was yeah. it? I loved it. It looked good. I liked it a lot. I did. People thought it was stupid. I liked it. I mean, I thought the ending was true M. Night Shyamalan twist. I liked it. I liked it. I kind of had my heart racing. It kind of had me scared. It kind of had me sad. It had me all through that. And I liked it. I nice. liked I'll old. I liked, it the, I liked the movie poster of it. You know, I think yeah, I liked it. Good. Very cool. So that's all I've got. Oh, and... There are a couple of, you know, this is going to be a pretty busy year as far as, you know, I'm the traveler on the show. Um, so I will be going to, there's a 25th anniversary of the Big Apple Con that they have here um, at the New Yorker Hotel. And you guys will know it because it's on our way when we come out of 8th Avenue on 34th Street. When we walk down to Con, it's that hotel on the corner. You'll see it. You'll remember it. And they have, uh, they have um, uh, the Big Apple Con in that hotel. And a couple of weeks ago, I was going to go because they had like a prequel, a preach thing. But I think Rob, I was telling you about it. I think they were just kind of they showed like the schedule of events and it was mostly like video games. So yeah. they said, so I don't think they had a lot of comics there, but apparently at the typical year, one that they have every year, they have over a hundred vendors and things. So I'm going to go to that on September 25th. So I got to okay. buy my ticket for that. So I'll be sure to take pictures and report on that. And that's coming up September 25th. So you're warming up for the big one. Yeah. And then after that is our New York Con, which you guys will be here for. We got a Sunday pass this year. And then after that, um, in December, it's, I, fingers crossed, is the Emerald City Comic Con that I have to buy tickets for this Wednesday. I will buy my plane ticket this week. And I already booked my hotel. And I got the days off from work. So I will be going to that. So I'm very excited. They've already started showing the listings of, of celebrities that will be there. So Amy Jo Johnson is going to be there. No, no. Amy Jo, people from the power, very first Power Rangers from 1993, they're going to be there. Hey, uh, Laughing Ogre had Red Ranger in there. Like what? Last How week? did that go? How did that go? I should I have, have no asked idea. Gib. I have no idea. No, yeah, we should have asked Gib when he was on. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I wonder how that went. Uh, I think most of the proceeds were all going to his charity. So it was yeah. pretty. It, they had, he had uh, Lou Ferrigno in there too, the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, I wonder how that went. <laughs> I don't Whoops. know. Should have asked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gib, when you uh, hear this episode, go ahead and write us an email. <laughs> Heroes Home Base Podcast at Gmail. <laughs> right. Um, there's an eternal there's a thing called eternal con out in long island that i could easily get to i just take the long island railroad but i'm wondering if i should go i it's i have to find out the dates of it um and apparently um ray fisher is going to be there ray fisher has been there um dean kane is going to be there this year Mm. um apparently um 
Tom Welling and Henry Cavill, I think, have been there. And this is out in Long Island. I'm like, this is so annoying. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and so I'm thinking, I'm thinking I might go for the day just to like see what it's like, but I don't want to get too Comic Con out, you know, right. because I'm waiting for New York Con and Emerald City Con. So I think it's so, a good taper up, but yeah, don't burn yourself out there, buddy. I don't want to burn myself out. But I started following on Instagram um, the last blockbuster in Bend, Oregon. Yeah. So yeah. what I'm thinking, because I'll be in, I'll be in Seattle from <laughs> Your Wednesday. Your ass is gonna go to the block. I'm <laughs> going. I'm going. I'll be there from Wednesday to Sunday. The con is on Saturday, so I'm thinking Friday I'll go. It's only my girlfriend was like, I'll go with you. It's only a 45 minute flight to Bend. And from there, I guess we have to Uber or figure out how the hell to get there. But I, they have, I saw their merchandise. They have a hoodie, blockbuster hoodie, a blockbuster t-shirt, and a black in a blockbuster onesie that I'm gonna buy. And I'm gonna buy you guys some magnets so you can put it on your refrigerator. It says the last blockbuster. Can you and buy have like a, a VHS tape of the documentary? It's that Blu-ray. <laughs> and then I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna buy that for you guys, and I'm gonna buy you guys some magnets so you can put on your refrigerator. And then there's a movie poster that has the last blockbuster. I'm gonna get that too. I'm running Ooh, out. Of uh, I'd rather have the movie poster. I'll give you some some currency. All right, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna get the movie poster for you. Yep, that I can't look, wait to go. I'm very excited about that. That would look good down here. In my uh, the last. Well, I'm very here. excited about going to that. You damn right, I'm going. <laughs> I can't wait to for and it's gonna be winter time too. I can't wait for my blockbuster onesie. Pick back off your news. I got uh an article from comicbook.com where DC's Injustice film announced all-star cast releases first image. So I think it's gonna be an animated feature, obviously. The first image of DC's animated Injustice movie arrives along with voice cast that includes Justin Hartley as Superman. Boo. And Anson Mount, hopefully I'm saying that right, as Batman. Who the hell's that? I, I don't know. <laughs> A-N-S-O-N Mount as Batman. The voice cast of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment animated Injustice film has been revealed. So look for that. I know you love that comic, Rob. <laughs> Rob's so disgusted right now. He doesn't so... know who's going to be voicing Batman. He was on uh, Hell on Wheels and looks like he's had a stint on a Star Trek show. What's Qualified. wrong? I'm sorry. Just is Kevin Conroy dead? Until he's dead, he just needs to voice Batman. That's all I got to say. Word. I hear you. Even uh, Robocop can't do it right. <laughs> Stay out of trouble. I won't <laughs> buy that for a dollar. I'll tell you that much. Right. All right. So Rich's poll. <laughs> Since it's been a few weeks, I got a laundry list. Um, so I got the final issue, issue number four of Next Batman, Second Son. Uh, Swamp Thing number five, really good issue. Uh, Batman 110, uh, Nice House on the Lake number two. I'm telling you boys, you need to read that book. It's so good. The artwork is so good. Uh, Checkmate number one, I was not going to get this book. Because I hated Bendis's run on Superman and that whole thing, but uh, I guess or Gib being just, ghosted, yeah, or I guess Gib just wanted to uh, or assumed that I wanted it, so he threw it in my poll and I read it. It was okay. I'll I'll see what it's about. It's only six issues, so. In uh, <laughs> true gimmick fashion, Marvel went from Heroes Reborn to now Heroes Return. So I got <laughs> the first issue. 
of Heroes Return number one. And Mark looks like he just got punched in the gut. <laughs> in true Mark Mazak and Quitter Kim Kim, I Quitter quit Kim that. Kim. <laughs> show Sorry. Quitter Show Kim. Quitter Kim. I quit that book. So good. Yeah. Because it's uh, dumb. Because <laughs> it's dumb. So you're glad I I will confess that I didn't read issue two or three that you gave me. Well, I think Mark's checked out on the show, so I'm off the hook. I don't have to read this shit. Uh, <laughs> the first two issues were really good. I love Ed McGinnis. I'll say it again. And I thought the Hyperion storyline was pretty cool. But other than that, I quit it. Um, Daredevil 31. That was really good. Rob, I can't believe i keep forgetting to tell you this so batman legends of the dark knight is now back oh they're launching it again yes so I, when issue two came out i asked gib if he had one and two he did i think this is really gonna be like a a um a bench book for writers of batman and the artwork is really good um i don't have it i have it already uh in the box so i can't really tell you but it was really good and uh you'll have to check it out I always remember Legend of the Dark Knight always had the it had a just a different flash of the cover art always like the Oh yeah like the first book. 20 issues were like paintings. Yeah. Yeah, it was good um, stuff. So yeah, Legends of the Dark Knight is back. So I got issues 1 and 2 really really good. I'll have to let you borrow that. Something is Killing the Children number 17 still continues to be a good book. Uh Detective 1038 Action Comics 1032, Superman 32, and I got my other stack here. Uh, Rorschach issue 10. This one was actually pretty good. So it seems like Tom King is like every two issues is good. Um, Justice League Last Ride uh, issue number three. Uh, I know you're caught up on that through two. What are your thoughts on that? I know I'm really high on this book. Justice League? Uh, the Last Ride. Uh, I've read through issue two. Um that's not bad. I I still feel like I'm missing something. Like there's some history that maybe I need to catch up on. But uh, so far it seems okay. I I like I I like the time warp stuff. Like hey, we're gonna do a little. Uh, let's rewind the clock here. But so far I, I think it's good. Sweet. Um, I got the newest uh, another annual from Action Comics. Uh, Batman the Detective, issue four of six. Um, I'm really digging this book, man. I, I'll have to let you borrow that one as well. Uh, Detective 1039 came out, and I think that that is all I have for Rich's pull. So my highlight reel, I, I would, uh, I'm still highly recommending Nice House on the Lake, and I'm highly recommending Swamp Thing, and I'm really upset that that's only ten issues. And then obviously Legends of the Dark Knight are like my three standout books. So I know that you already said that I made you <laughs> read something is killing the children on vacation and you read all three volumes in a breeze. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, no, in terms of storytelling, I thought it was good. It was just, um, I guess it's a taboo type of story, I guess, you know, children being slaughtered, but, um, it was intriguing. Um, I have obviously read it all. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see where it can go. Um, I think they did a nice job hinting the, uh, what's the order called? The um, order of St. George, the order of St. George. Thank you. No, I think they did a good job set, like teasing at, you know, uh, her backstory. And, um, I got a little bit of a, some Stephen King 
like vibes going on there. Um, but uh, no, it was good. It was just well, very, very different. Yes, it was. And uh, the reason I bring that up is I follow quite a few um, collectors on Facebook and uh, I got it's as a key issue alert. Something is killing the children. This is from July 9th. So a month ago. So the Hollywood, the Hollywood reporter reports Trevor Macy and Mike Dr. Sleep and Netflix haunting of Hill house are writing something is killing the children for Netflix. So boom. Is that going to be, let me tell you if you've never seen haunting of Hill house, super badass shows, super amazing writing on that show. So if they're involved, are you going to try to get the individual issues then? Um, I have, I have a uh, free comic book day foil cover number one. And then I have everything in the third volume. So that might be a confine, but like, dude, a number one low print volume, I think they're going for like $2,000. Seriously? Oh, yeah. And there's tons of variants and stuff like that. So the book's only going to get hotter now because of the Netflix show. So, Yeah. yeah, man, get on the bandwagon. Read this book. James Tynion is badass. And what the hell is that noise? The fire so department be coming to yes, <laughs> <laughs> like true New York fashion. So yeah, that is Rich's poll for episode forty-seven. So yeah, do people get so much on this podcast? Not do they just get involved in our lives and comics? Do they just get New York City and all that? Do they get so much? In, you know, oh my they god, they get so much in this podcast. <laughs> so Mark, more than I was. Uh... For. I was going to let you know, I have started to draft up some some con shopping lists because I think the last time I went to con, uh, what made it hard was I really didn't have a solid list of things that I was looking for. Um, so I'm thinking trying to collect the detective and the Batman issues from when we stopped collecting in 07 till Rich started picking it back up. So, so that'll be a chore. Of new 52. Yeah. So the, yeah. Um, and then I... <laughs> This is not going to happen, um, but a guy can fantasize. Um, in doing some research for my new uh, my new segment, I wanted to do Ra's al Ghul, obviously. And... Why don't you hit your mic again? That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, could I possibly get my hands on the first appearance of Ra's al Ghul? Good luck. Um, it's uh, Batman 232 from June of 71. A damaged copy, like a two. I think you can get it for maybe like 150 or something, but like yeah. mid seven to seven and up. I mean, it's ranging from like 1200 to $8,000. <laughs> it's like a oh, mortgage payment, buddy. Can I just read it? <laughs> um, it yeah. And that was um, so, I mean, Danny I think, O'Neill. Was that Danny O'Neill? Uh, yeah adams as well um so i think if i'm gonna find at least a even if it's like just a horrible copy it would be at the con um but if anything i I think i could just get it on kindle because i want to at least read it but you know whatever mark you got a shopping list dude i do um mostly just uh, the rest of the remainder of my hush storyline so 608 actually have it right here so just uh 608 609 and 612 
You'll be able to get um, those, no problem. Sure, yeah. I'm looking for uh, Batgirl Annual Number One from the New Fifty Two, and I think I'm going to collect uh, Batman New Fifty Two of the Court of uh, the Court of Owls of the individual like the individual issues books. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. You think I'd be able to find those? Yep. You might pay a little bit more for Batman Number One, but uh, you should probably be able to find those. Yeah. So yeah, I, uh, that's it for me. I don't really need anything else. I'm going to try to do something super stupid, just like Rob said, and try to get the first appearance of racial goal. I'm going to try to get uh, Swamp Thing, the first issue. I, think, I can't remember what number it is, but whenever uh, Alan Moore got on Swamp Thing is when I think I'm going to try to I'm going to try to find that bad boy. Go for I it. I think it was Swamp Thing number 20 from January 84. So that was That's- when Alan Moore took over the book. Yes. So, yeah. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Thrill of the hunt. Thrill, of, Thrill the hunt. of the hunt. All right. So, that was Rich's poll. Uh, our wish list for NYCC. And, uh, Rob, why don't you, I guess, take us home with your new segment, buddy? So, um, I'm really excited about this. Um, I'm probably going to say a lot more for this first rendition just to kind of get people oriented and then it'll, um, I think go a little bit quicker, but just some, some more context past what I already said. Um, so Rich and I were trying to think, you know, what, what could be some things that I could do since I don't have, I'm not reading a lot of current stuff. Um, but while we were on vacation, we were chatting about it, and uh, nothing nothing comes across better than a fire pit and some uh, bourbon. Um, but uh, we were at there was a bookstore that we frequented. By that I mean I went to it three times. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I saw on like clearance, um, Greenberger, um, Batman, a hundred greatest moments. Uh, it's just kind of a reference to like the hundred uh, significant greatest moments um, in Batman canon. And that supplements pretty well because I think I have one of the first editions of the DC encyclopedia. So I was thinking, you know, let me start looking into um, villains as well as heroes and significant storylines because I want to be able to um, just offer like a clinical uh, interpretation of what I'm seeing in those issues. So that was kind of the birth point. In addition, like I said earlier, getting inspired from the Arkham Sessions podcast, which I think is really, really good. Um, so I started doing some research, uh, how I wanted to sketch it out. And I, st- I thought I would start with um, some key villains, um, Joker, Ra's al Ghul, and the Riddler. And I just kind of picked them randomly. So referencing the material I got on vacation, as well as the encyclopedia, um, a key storyline for the Riddler um, is Batman 452 through 454, something that is in the Wagner Boy collection. Um, so the Dark Knight, Dark City, the Riddler is possessed by the spirit of Gotham's founders as Batman learns about the city's gruesome beginnings. So I was like, yeah, that seems like something I might want to tap into. So my plan for this um, segment is I want to kind of read the book itself I will offer some highlights of what happened, and then I want to give you kind of a um, a mental health diagnostic kind of assessment of it. Um, I'm trying to only pull for what is in the issues, so I'll kind of let you know some things like some shortfalls, and and I might need to get collect more information, um, that sort of thing. So um, I guess the next part of this is I, I also 
I think it's always good to have more everyday conversations about mental health. So I think the more I can do to advocate for that, the more we can talk about those things. I think for sure. Yeah. Um, so I think merging that those conversations with comics, I think is uh, fascinating in and of itself. And I think it'll be fun. And uh, yeah. So you, uh, do you want to leave anything open-ended so that people can ask you questions? And uh, I yeah, guess. So I think um, the big thing about mental health diagnoses is a lot of it is, it, it is not like a lot of the medical diagnosing. Like I can't, you know, go get some order, somebody to get some blood work and here your levels are saying you have this medical condition. So there's a lot of debate and kind of the history of the diagnostic and statistic manual. So that's the Bible of mental health from the American Psychiatric Association. That's what we diagnose from. It goes through several revamps. Um, and there's a lot, there's usually a lot of controversy around the revamps. So the, trying to be more inclusive, trying to be more understanding based on current research, um, the DSM five, which is what we're currently using that, that got published in 2012. So it's already getting a little old, um, but it, it kind of didn't get standardized until a couple years later. But uh, yeah, I think I would be more than interested to hear feedback, people that disagree with me, people that agree with me, because um, it's it's a little bit more than just, hey, let's look at the book and let's see what boxes you check. But it's also like it's almost more of an art form, to be honest. So um, so there's some pros and cons, I think, to, to diagnosing, especially within the mental health realms like. Um, obviously it can be helpful because it can um, reveal some patterns, some symptoms, and sometimes it's it's helpful for people to kind of know what's going on with them so that they can best treat it. Um, but there's also some issues, like some people might over-identify with their diagnosis or the quote their label, and then um, that can cause some problems in and of itself. So it's not an exact science. Psychology really isn't. Um, psychiatry is kind of a good mixture of medicine and um psychology. So there's some pros and cons. Um, let's see here. I think kind of my approach for my education, um, I was kind of told you really need to do this. Well, um, mm -hmm. this is not something, this is not something to screw around with. Um, depending on what the person is suffering with, um, this is something that can follow them for the rest of their life. Um, people can lose jobs. People can lose their rights to firearms people could lose their rights to do like certain careers are now off um, military service. So it was kind of ingrained in me. Like this is not something you do haphazardly and, and you, you take it seriously. So that's kind of the approach I've tried. So I kind of use a funnel effect. So like look at a broad range of op possibilities and then kind of narrow it down assessment. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to imagine that based on what I'm reading in the book, someone is coming to me for an assessment based on everything that I've like read. So obviously there's some things that won't be there. I'm only going off what's present um, or if it's quite common, like Canon, we'll, we'll go with that again to richer point. Uh, I'm very interested in having a conversation with, I mean, other clinicians or lay people or whatever. Right. So that's kind of what my plan is. So I hope to kind of tell you what goes on in the issue and give you some diagnostic ideas. So some of them I think are going to be a little bit easier than others. So I will give you the rundown. So I did choose the uh, Batman 452 through 454. So again, that was the um, Dark Knight, Dark City. So some highlights from that. It, sh it opens up with um, 
Jacob Stockman in 1765. Um, they're kind of a group of, I would say, social elites because it actually includes Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> okay. And they're trying to summon a demon to control it. Whoa. Uh, yeah, so that that's kind of how it starts. But then um, as the issue progresses, Stockman is narrating things. And then it kind of goes into the modern Batman timeline. But Riddler is engaging in some more than usual nefarious behaviors. And even Batman and his henchmen are noticing that. Um, so in 452, here's some highlights. Uh, so premeditated murder. He shoots a security guard. He attempts to hang another one. He actually um, kidnaps infant children, um, intentionally puts children in harm's way, um, and he's clearly manipulating other people. So that's kind of what the Riddler is doing. So Riddler is going to be my test subject here. The next issue, 453, again, premeditated murder. He actually kills one of his henchmen. So it's kind of like he doesn't really care about his henchmen's lives either. Um, because the plan is more important. Um, it's also referenced that he found a quote old book and then read it and started quote acting crazy. So it's implying hmm. that he started, he read something, you don't know what it is. Um, and he started to act differently. Uh, he wants Batman dead, but only after he kind of toys with him. So like one of his henchmen gets an angle on Batman and, and can run him over with his car, but Riddler kind of takes over and doesn't allow him to do that. So he, he doesn't want Batman to live, but he wants him to stay alive until he's done with his kind of plan. He also Which seems the norm of all the Gotham rogues gallery. Correct. Joker wants to kill Batman, but only <laughs> his way, his way. He six um, rabid dogs on innocent bystanders in a bar. Uh, he intentionally um, chokes an infant baby Oof. by putting a ping pong ball down its throat. So last issue 454. Um, again, you find out Jacob Stockman. Um, they summon this demon, Thomas Jefferson and the other people kind of have some reservations. Um, somehow the demon is, um, left to kind of like Rome. So they trap it in like this, it looks like a barn. Um, and then Gotham actually gets built, um, hmm. like on top of that, uh, land again, some other highlights. Riddler shoots another henchman. He is finding out that phone call to winning hundred henchmen. You find out he is reading uh, the confessions of Jacob Stockman. So that is the book that he is referencing. So he's reading kind of the confession or the journal of uh, this Jacob Stockman. Um, he has confessed that he is hearing auditory hallucinations. So he's he's guided by this voice. And it's this voice. And, and there's this belief that he is supposed to control the demon, which is what Stockman and the others were supposed to do. Okay. Come to find out. Um, there was a um, this Dominique who I mentioned in our uh, introduction script. Um, she was the sacrifice that was that was supposed to be sacrificed to the demon so they could control it. And it was uh, uh, at least if I'm reading it right, Thomas Jefferson was the one that like groomed her and took her through the rituals to prepare her for this, which would include you have to kiss the lips of a hanged man. So Batman is resuscitating a security guard that was hung. You have to bathe yeah. in human blood. So he runs into the Riddler after he kidnaps the kids in a blood bank and he blows up portions of it. He has to dance with the dead. So Riddler uses um, robotics as well as one of his henchmen described as a zombie to kind of attack Batman in a 
cemetery. You have to slay a wild dog with a silver dagger. So he seeks the or sets these dogs out in this bar and Batman has to kill it. Um, you have to slit the throat of an unbaptized child. So Batman actually does a tracheotomy on the infant to make sure it can breathe after it swallows the ping pong ball. So Batman is the one that has to do it to save the child's life. Uh, you have to dance in um, front of a goat. So he goes to a like carnival and he is um, shot at with a flamethrower and he does kind of a dance in front of a goat. And then those are all the like rituals to prepare Batman to be the sacrifice, which is what Riddler's going to do. So there's again, this rigid belief um, that the voice is actually helping him become a more vicious criminal. That's what the Riddler's belief is. Okay. So, and then the last point is um, Bruce starts thinking about is the, is his parents murder actually planned? And was it part of the demons design like to bring about Batman um, so that Batman could raise this demon or whatever. So that's kind of the gist of the segment or the uh, issues. So um, a couple of things came up. I'll, I'll keep this portion a little bit shorter, but obviously there's a couple of things that come to mind uh, immediately. So obviously, much like most of Batman's rogue gallery of villains, there's a lot of antisocial characteristics. Right. Um, so a lot of um, disregard for other people, violence, doing... Um, first thing that comes to mind before I do any like personality disorder stuff is we got to look at some other things. So some things that come up is conduct disorder, um, which I don't know if some of you've heard of that. So it's kind of a repetitive and persistent pattern of behavior in which the basic rights of others or major age appropriate societal norms or rules are violated, right? So you're, you're mean towards people, you're mean towards animals. You're often a bully, you threaten or intimidate others. You initiate physical fights, you use weapons, um, you're physically cruel to people, cruel to animals. You um, has stolen while confronting um, as a as a victim. So kind of mugging, destruction of property, deceitfulness of th or theft, serious violations of rules. Typically, this behavior starts usually there's a childhood onset or an adolescent onset. So you can't really diagnose antisocial personality disorder without kind of a conduct disorder being present when they're young. So you would give an adult conduct disorder if they don't meet the criteria for antisocial personality disorder. And I'll talk about that in a second. The other thing that really sticks out. So I'm going to put the violence and his criminal behavior in the realm of conduct disorder, eventually maybe some antisocial. But the other thing is he is having auditory hallucinations, right? He's hearing this voice. He's kind of having some delusions where he's believing that this voice is, you know, it's his, it's his, um, his belief is that he needs to become a more vicious criminal. So there's clearly some psychotic things going on here. <laughs> Based on what I know, it sounds like this is a recent, like Riddler recently started acting like this, right? The schizophrenia spectrum is kind of one of the areas that we look at. And there's kind of five major diagnoses on that spectrum. So the first one is the delusional disorder. Next one is brief psychotic. So with brief psychotic, it can be from one day to one month. So that's the duration. And you okay. need at least one of these. You need at least one delusion, one hallucination, some disorganized speech, some disorganized behavior or catatonia and comparison, a more variety of symptoms than kind of delusional disorder. So essentially, we could go up to schizophreniform, which is one month to six months. 
then there's schizophrenia, which is pretty much the exact same as schizophreniform disorder, but it's six months plus. And then there's schizoaffective disorder. So I'm thinking based on the fact that this sounds like less than a month's time um, that the Riddler has been having these psychotic um, experiences, I'm going to go with um, a brief psychotic disorder. So it's less than a month. There's a noted change in his temperament. He's having those hallucinations. He's having those delusions. Um, and, you know, he believes he's now called to control this demon. Um, I'm going to give him conduct disorder based on his criminal behavior, but I'm going to rule out antisocial personality disorder. And the reason for that is we have to rule out that these criminal behaviors is happening outside of like a schizophrenic or bipolar episode. So right now, the Riddler seems to be in the midst of a psychotic period. And it may eventually turn into schizophrenia. So I can't really give him antisocial personality disorder. So I'm going to go with brief psychotic and conduct disorder for now. So that's okay. kind of my uh, clinical take on the Riddler based on this, uh, this uh, three issues. I'm digging it, dude. What do you think? Nice. Like it. So was that, was that too much clinical talk or are we, uh, no, you got to set the stage for this segment, man. So you did the Riddler. You have uh, any kind of hints or previews that you're going to have in the next coming episodes, or are we going to keep that totally? <sighs> no. So I think, um, and again, so again, dr drawing some inspiration from the Arkham sessions, I disagreed a lot with her diagnoses of the Joker, but again, she was going off of what was presented to her right then and there in that episode. And then as other episodes came up, she could use that information. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to think like, okay, the Riddler comes into me after he's arrested in this issue based on what's been presented. This is all I know. So sneak peek will be, I'm going to do the killing joke um, nice. next. So mm. I'm, I'm only going to focus on the Joker in the killing joke. Okay. Um, and then um, I raided the collection at Rich's house last weekend. I'm going to look at the legacy mini series, which ran in 96, um, which actually included detective 700. So that's going to be Ra's al Ghul. So I will probably do Rache after the Joker. Okay. Um, and again, I, I, I might, I might actually just do his origin story if I can get <laughs> at least an electronic copy of that. So hell yeah. Those are some of my plans. Nicely done, sir. I appreciate it. I think that's going to be a cool segment, man. So definitely, uh, if you got any questions, go ahead and email us at heroeshomebase at gmail.com. And uh, we'll hopefully have some more conversation on that. Yeah. All right, guys. Another good episode, like I always say. Until next time, don't forget to bag your board. This is Rich. This is Mark. This is Rob. Like us subscribe. Leave us a comment on any of your podcast listening applications if you want stickers. Um, I think I've been saying our email wrong this entire time. It's Heroes Home Base at Gmail. There's no podcast in there. <laughs> uh, just pay attention to the uh, show description and yeah, uh, you'll get the right email. Don't listen to my voice. But um, yeah, so we're trying to change things up, doing some new things. Um, but we'd love to hear from you if there's any ideas that you all have. Or again, we're always down for who would win ideas. Again, those are kind of what got Mark and I arguing. And then it blossomed into this great friendship. So um, hit us up on Facebook. Um, if you want to leave a comment there, let us know. That's fine. If you want to send us an email with your contact information, that's how we can send you some stickers. So, And as always, thank you for listening.
Thank you, as always, for listening and supporting this RMR production.